Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Feet this morning. I didn't forget. As we like to stand to honor the reading of God's word. Galatians 5, 1, and I want to read Galatians 5, 13. If you are in, in an old school Bible, it's all, it's, Galatians can be hidden. It's like a little bitty spot there. Galatians chapter 5, Paul's writing. Remember, taking into context what we just talked about. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And then verse 13, if you would read this with me, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Come on. What an awesome text. Serve one another humbly in love. So today, the message is the yoke of freedom. The yoke of freedom. Let's pray. Man, God, we thank you. Jesus, you are undoubtedly in this place. Your presence is here, Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We need your presence. Holy Spirit, you are the counselor. So I pray as the message is preached, as the word is spoken, you would give us counsel. You would speak to our hearts and our minds, and we would respond with obedience. We would respond with surrender. None of us are beyond your counsel. We all need it. So I pray our hearts are open, that you would speak through me. I would hear your voice. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can have a seat this morning. Oh, what a good day. Well, I hope you had a, a good 4th of July. We had, we had a great 4th of July. We were, uh, leading up to that, we were in Oklahoma, Shelly and I, and yes, we got to see our grandson, and yes, he's doing good. Yes, he's growing. Yes, he's the cutest kid in the world. You're like, well, that's impossible because mine is. Come on. There's an equality that happens miraculously by the work of God where every grandkid is equally the best in the world. Can I get an amen? And all the grandparents are like, hey, that's what I'm talking about. We had a great 4th of July. I hope you had a great 4th of July. Shelly had not been... Uh, here on the 4th of July. So we came into Canyon that morning. She's like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. I was like, I know it's, it's so much fun. And, and we have so much fun on the 4th. You know, you get to, you're hanging out with family, you're hanging out with friends and you're doing something that has to happen every 4th of July. You're eating a lot. You know what I mean? It's just literally like, no matter how healthy you are, 4th of July, it's like, everything's out the window. You're like, right, I'm, how, how, Pastor Scotty, how am I supposed to celebrate the freedom of my country if I can't eat three or four cheeseburgers? I wouldn't normally do it, but I'm doing it for my country. And uh, this, is, this, is, this is just, this has nothing to do with the message. This is just so you can have knowledge when you have a little, you know, water cooler talk. Did you know at the, on the 4th of July, 150 million hot dogs are eaten? 150 million. You imagine all the chicken beaks and chicken feet that go into those? You're like, I'm sorry, I'm all beef. Okay, way better. Also, on the 4th of July, there are 68 million 
cases of beer <laughs> digested. Which then also shows me why there's 150 million hot dogs that are eaten, right? You, you know, I'm sure if you're drinking that, you'll eat anything. So, but uh, we know the main reason that we celebrate the 4th of July is because we are free. We have freedom in our country, right? We are free. And no matter how, how many times we think our country's going the wrong direction and the wrong things are happening, we can still thank God that we live in a free country. You know, uh, like we could have been born anywhere in the world, but God allowed us to be born here. What a blessing. Amen. We are blessed to live here. But can I tell you, there's a greater freedom than what we experience just in our country. That is the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a freedom in Jesus Christ that goes beyond anything else we could ever know. Can we thank God for the freedom that we have through his son, Jesus Christ? Amen. Come on, that's, that's a reason to get excited right there. And uh, this morning, I want to talk about that. I want to look at our freedom and how we should look at our freedom in Christ. And uh, often when someone's trying to bring a point across in writing, they'll use five W's, and we're going to do the same thing as we talk about this freedom we have in Christ, the who, what, when, where, and why of our freedom in Christ. So if you're like, I like points, it helps my notes look good, well, then you've got points today. So number one, the question of who, who truly sets us free? Who is it that truly sets us free? Well, I hope that you know the answer, and it's Jesus. If we aren't declaring Jesus every chance we get, if, if we're taking credit for any of our freedom, if, if any of that's happening, we need to pause. And as, as a Christian, we need to remember that it is Jesus that has set us free. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is what it's all about. Any other freedom is nothing but a facade. Jesus is the reason that we are set free. And as Christians, we are called to declare the good news, and that is the good news of Jesus Christ. No one else should get any credit. It's in Him and Him alone. Amen. Amen. It's in Jesus. Now, I'm just telling you, if, if you've been in church a while, you know that's the answer. If you're ever stumped, just say Jesus. If the pastor asked you a question, you weren't paying attention, you were talking to somebody, you were checking out Facebook, just yell out, Jesus, and you're going to be okay. <laughs> Even if someone thinks you're crazy, that's okay. I'd rather be crazy yelling the name of Jesus than not saying anything at all. Come on. Who sets us free? It is Jesus. He even reminded us of this. John 8, 36. He said, so, if the Son sets you free, which I love when he says so or therefore, it's like he's hitting home the point, right? He said, you can do this, you can do that, but if you go this way and you come to me, then you're going to experience free so. So you need to listen because he said it. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Come on. Everything else is, is, doesn't even matter. It's the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. You're like, you're staying on number one a long time because it is the most important thing we can ever realize. Everything we are, everything that people should know about us as a Christian should point to Jesus. But not only is it who sets us free, it is also who can be set free. And that's the good news because it's everyone. John 3.16 says whosoever, right? 
I'm glad that I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. I'm sorry. The, uh, would you like to be a drink of Dr. Pepper too? Just came into my mind, okay? But we're all whosoevers. That means no matter how bad you've done things, that means no matter where you came from, that means that no matter what you look like, that you are eligible to be set free by Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. He set us free. Number one, who truly set us free? What's the answer? Jesus. Oh, come on. You are on this morning. Number two, what does Jesus set us free from? What does Jesus set us free from? Well, he sets us free from the curse of sin. But greater than that, he sets us free from the separation from the Father. And that's a price that we could never pay in ourselves. You may be standing here today and you may not know Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. And you may think, well, I don't really think as a Christian you're any better than I am. That's the truth. I'm not any better than you. I just have decided to live my life for Jesus Christ. You know, people may think, well, uh, Scotty, I've, uh, I'm really morally sound. I, I, do really, I don't do a lot of bad things. Great. You're still a sinner. You're still a sinner. Why? Because Adam and Eve sinned and brought sin into the world. That means we're all born into sin. That means we all need a Savior. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? We all need a Savior. And, and so what does Jesus set us free from, from that separation? I love not too long ago, Pastor David, we were, I think we were having a conversation and, and we were talking about so often people were like, well, how, how do you get to heaven? Well, there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus, which is the truth partly, but that's not the goal. Do you know our, our marker isn't just to make it to heaven. The scripture actually says there's no way to the Father but by Jesus. And the goal is to go to the Father. And Jesus is still the only way. It's in no other religion. It's in not how many good works you do. It is still Jesus Christ. And the goal is to be back reunited with the Father, which is how he meant it all along. Jesus is the way. Who sets us free? Jesus, winner. What does he set us free from? The curse of sin and separation from the Father. Number three, when are we set free? When are we set free? We are set free when we receive the gift of salvation. We're set free when we receive the gift of salvation from Jesus. The work has been done. Jesus has done the work. Even as Trailer was just talking about the hope we have in Christ. I think she, she got into my notes, but she was talking about there is no other way. Our hope is in him. And she began to share about that. And, and that, is, that is what happens. He, but he paid the prices. We took communion. He paid the price for us. It's been done. But have we received it? You know, any of us that live in this area, we know, right, that there's, there's some certainties about where we live. Now, some of them are good, right? Like, we can see a beautiful sunset. Amen? No obstruction. We can see a beautiful sunrise. We, we can see these things. For, for us, we live on a, a, where we live, we have a balcony. A certainty is that pigeons are going to crap all over our furniture. And Scotty's going to get mad. Stinking pigeons. Talking to myself in the third person. Scotty's getting angry. 
<laughs> There's these certainties that we have, certainties that we see. One of them is that our windshield's going to get cracked <laughs> quite often. And I remember when we first moved here, obviously our windshield got cracked. And we're like, man, we don't want to pay the deductible to get our windshield. And we, don't, we're, we kept holding off because we didn't want to you know, pay. And it's not just getting your windshield replaced because they have to do the calibration on it now with everything. you know. And, and we're like, oh my gosh, we kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But my wife, a Proverbs 31 woman of God, filled with the Spirit. Did a little research and found out that our insurance has a little side clause and it's only a $100 deductible for our windshield. Come on. I was like, glory. So we got it repaired and I think two weeks later it got cracked again. But here's what's interesting is that we had that in our insurance all along, but we didn't utilize it. We didn't step into it. I like what uh, uh, Evangelist D.L. Moody sh shared as he shared this story. There was a slave in the South after the Civil War and after the uh, Emancipation Proclamation had been signed. This lady was still in slavery. And, and they, they were she was talking to someone and she said, she said, am I free or am I not free? I have heard that I am free. I have heard that we are set free, but my master tells me that I am not. The work had been done. The freedom had taken place, but there was this evil person, this master that would try to keep her hindered and walking in freedom. And can I tell you, the devil does not want you to walk in the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. There's a real enemy that comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't ever want you to walk in the freedom that God has for you because Jesus has set us free, and he wants us to walk in the freedom. But the enemy will say, no, you're not free. We'll try to lie. Can I tell you the work has been done? When do you receive it? When you surrender your life to Jesus. And what does that look like? What does that surrender look like? Romans 10, 9. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible because I like the way that it puts it because it's more than just some, some little motion that we go through. It says in Romans 10, 9, as Paul is writing, he said, because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and then he's like, what does that mean? That means recognizing his power, his authority, and that his majesty is God. That means that you don't just say, Jesus, save me. I need you. You say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life now, so what you say to do, I will do. What you call me to do, I'm going to follow through. So you are now the Lord, and I am at your service. See, it's contrary to what even saying you have to serve someone, even if it's Jesus, sometimes that just strikes the wrong chord in us. But that's what we've been called to, to make him Lord. And it said, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why did God raised him from the dead? Because that's what separates Jesus from every other person that's ever tried to make the claim that they were a Savior or a Messiah. Because Jesus said all these things that seemed outlandish, that didn't, how in the world could this ever happen? And then he proved that he was not a liar, but that he spoke the truth as he died, but then he rose again just like he said he would. So when are we saved? When we step into that and say, I re receive you and, and, and serve you as the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me. Who sets us free? 
oh, you're on. And then when we're, what, what are we set free from? The curse of sin and separation from the Father. Then when are we set free? When we give our life and surrender it to Him. And then number four, where are we free? Where are we free? Everywhere. Everywhere and from everything. Paul wrote Philippians 4.13 that we often like to quote when we're trying to make a, a shot in basketball or do well in football. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it goes much deeper than that because if you read all of the Philippians in ch chapter 4, he says when I'm sick or when I'm well, when I'm uh, when I'm hungry or when I'm fed. It doesn't matter. Whatever happens, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because Christ has given us a freedom that has no limits and it has no bounds. I don't care how bad your situation is, how deep your addiction is. He is the one that can break it because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. It knows no limits. That's why you can travel, travel to Africa. There's people that are free. That's why you can travel to China. There are people that are truly free. That's why here in the U.S. there are people that are truly free, no matter what anyone says, because a prison cell can't hold us. Paul wrote many of the epistles, the letters, from a prison cell. Why? Because our freedom in Christ isn't dictated by a man or a person. You know what? We're not citizens of this earth first. We're citizens of heaven. Come on. So we're not bound by this world. We're not bound by a political party. We're not bound by a dictator, a president, or any earthly kingdom. We are set free wherever we go. How amazing is that? It's not for our arrogance. It's for the glory of God. You're free. When you step into Christ, you're free. Where are we free? We're free everywhere and from everything. And five, why are we free? Why are we free? This is big because I, th I think this has brought confusion to Christians. And I think we've got it wrong. And I'm just going to say, because I'm putting myself in this category. Christians in the Western world, us and many others, See, we get it wrong because we often see our freedom in Christ through the filter of America instead of heaven. That's not always a popular message, but that's what we do. Think about it. Well, I should be free to be me. I know my freedoms. I should be free to do what I want. Why is someone trying to impose upon me what I can do or what I can't do? We hear often in, in where we live, these are my rights. These are my rights. These are my rights. I get it. And thank God you should know your rights. The country we live in, as citizens of the USA, we have rights and we should know those. And we should stand by those. But can I tell you, this is not why Christ has set us free. This is not why Christ has set us free. And, and I'm going to tell you from the word. So you're like, well, Scotty, you got it wrong. Well, don't take it up with me. Take it up with Paul. Take it up with Jesus. Take it up with the word. We're like, I don't know if I 
necessarily believe in the Word. Well, then I would venture to say you don't really believe in Jesus because the Word of God is all about Jesus. That's where we go to. And this is what Paul wrote when he wrote to the church about the freedom, why we have this freedom. 5, 13 through 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, rather, so, therefore, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're taking notes, you should write this down. Our freedom frees us from sin, not so that we can sin. It's not a license to sin. Is it bigger than our sin? Yes. Does the work Jesus did crush sin? Yes. But it's not so that we can sin. It's so that we can be freed from it. Our freedom frees us to serve, not to be served. Come on. Well, no one did that for me. I don't have a parking place out there. Do you know what I do, Pastor? You're free, man. You're free to, to not, not to be served, but to serve. Isn't that awesome? I, I don't know. <laughs> you're like, are you setting up for, a, are you going to ask us to all serve somewhere after this? If I did, wouldn't that be amazing? I'm just seeing if you're, practice, if you're getting ready. See, freedom in Christ is more than a one-time event. It's a lifetime event. We have to choose it over and over and over and over again. And that's what Paul is saying. Galatians 5.1, let's read it again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And remember what he's talking about. See, this happens. Obviously, this is an issue for us as Christians or Paul wouldn't address it, right? Jesus saves us. He, he sets us free. We enter into a new life, but then we step back into sin. We become bound again. That's what he's saying. We put on this yoke of slavery that's, that's binding us. Now, listen, I'm not saying that if you sin, you're not saved any longer. We all sin. There's not one of us that... that doesn't sin. I talked to somebody this morning. I shook their hand. I said, how are you doing? They said, almost perfect. I said, ah, oh, you left some room there. I like it. I'm not saying that if you sin, you're not saved. I'm not saying that you aren't a Christian any longer. I'm just saying that if you're continually going to sin, you're not living like it. Right? There should be some change. There should be some transformation. What I would encourage you to do is give up the yoke of slavery for the yoke of freedom. See, the, the, the yoke of slavery is focused all on self, but the yoke of freedom is focused all on the Spirit. It's focused on the Spirit of God. Paul talks about the yoke of slavery, but Jesus talks about the yoke of freedom. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. 
Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How does he say to do it? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank Jesus. See, we have, we have confused it. We think freedom means no boundaries. Nothing holding me back. But true freedom doesn't mean that you're yoke-free, but that you're actually yoked to the right person. And it's Jesus. We thought, we thought true freedom is that we have no boundaries anymore. No, 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 no. It's that we're connected to Jesus. When Paul is talking about that yoke, he, that, you know, they were very intentional when they would yoke two animals together because if one was stronger than the other, it could crush the other. And they, so they were very intentional about who they were yoked to, just as we too should be intentional about what we yoke ourselves to. I'm yoking myself to Jesus. I'm yoking myself to Him. How do we do that? How do we stay yoked to Jesus and not sin? Well, Jesus said to us, right? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and, and, and heavy laden. He said, come to me. And how do we come to Jesus? We come to Him by the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm, I'm, I'm sending someone else. He's the advocate. He's the counselor. And if you look at the Holy Spirit in those descriptions, those are actually like kind of uh, uh, legal terms. A lawyer, a lawyer pleading a case. The Holy Spirit is always pleading the case of who? Of who? Of who? Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always pleading the case of Jesus. He's the counselor. He's always reminding you of who Jesus is, of who you are, your identity in Jesus. He's continually pointing to Jesus. He's the advocate and the counselor. It's by the Holy Spirit that we come to Jesus and through the Spirit that we yoke ourselves to Him. Okay? Amen. Through self, we yoke ourselves to sin. Through the Spirit, we yoke ourselves to Jesus. And Paul goes on to tell us how we do it. All in Galatians chapter 5. How do we walk connected to the way of Jesus opposed to walking to the way of the flesh? Galatians 5, 16 through 18. So I say, sir, so again. So I said all this to say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And I love this because this totally slams so many of our thoughts, not just in our church, I'm just saying in general. They're in conflict with each other. Why? So that you are not to do whatever you want. I'm so thankful for God's grace. I, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. So that you are not to do whatever you want. 
Well, what does Paul know? I don't know. He's just written most of the New Testament. Most lists have him as one of the most influential people in all of history, Christian list and non-Christian list. Not to do whatever you want. I want this to ring in our minds when we start thinking, I should be able to do that. I want little Paul to pop up on your shoulder. Bald, hunched over, and you are not to do whatever you want. <laughs> You're like, that's creepy. He might have been creepy. <laughs> not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You're not under all these things to try to do things in yourself. You want to walk in true freedom? Get yoked to Christ by the Spirit of God. Don't yoke yourself to your own self. Paul, remember, Paul's addressing people that were trying to add self-effort to the good news. You can't be yoked to both. They are contrary. They are contrary to one another. So I want to close this morning with the illustration. And I want to have my, my good friend Hector come up here this morning. The illustration is not what to do if a ra rather large, intimidating fellow comes to beat you up. He's really the kindest in the world. Now, Celia, on the other hand, that's, that's why I could, Hector, listen, not yet, not yet. Not, don't grab those yet. All right, thank you. Easy. I mean, I like your ambition. But we get saved, and we, we walk in this new life that Christ has for us. And it's awesome. But you know, the enemy's constantly at work, constantly trying to get us to believe things that are not true. Like we'll get saved and, and, and we'll remember what we've done. We'll remember how bad we've been. And we'll start thinking and rationalizing. Well, it can't just be by faith. It can't just be by grace. I got to do something. I got to do something to earn this. So we, we step into self-effort. Or at times we'll, we go the other way that we've been talking about and we'll as Paul says, the indulgence will we'll, we'll find ourselves saying, His grace is so good, I can do whatever I want. And that becomes our mentality. Here's what's crazy. We, we, you ask any Christian about sin and people indulging in certain things, about, oh yeah, that's sin. But we don't call self-effort sin. But isn't it sin as well? They're both of the flesh. They're both us trying to earn something from God or take advantage of what God has done for us. They're both us stepping into the flesh instead of relying on the Spirit. Right? So we, we go into this place of, of, of starting doing these things in the self and in our own efforts, and we start... We start yoking ourselves to things that we should not yoke ourselves to, and we begin to become captive, or as Paul said, slaves. Uh, we become yoked to slavery or self-effort. So we might take the yoke of self-truth. You can take one of those. And we take the... It's a big, this is a big one. You can pull it all the way out of there. self-truth, right? It's rampant in our culture. 
well, it's really up to me. Scotty, don't you know God wants me to be happy? Well, that's really a lie. Because God honestly doesn't care about your happiness. He wants you to be full of joy. Joy comes from God. That means in every circumstance, we have the freedom. That means when you shouldn't be happy, you have joy that's unexplainable because it's rooted in God. But we yoke ourselves to our own truth. We go away from the Word of God. We begin to think, try to rationalize in our humanity, well, shouldn't I be happy? Shouldn't I get to do what I want to do? So that we are chained to this. Self-truth. What about self-indulgence? Let's grab another one, Hector. Today, Hector plays the part of the sinner. We know this is not true. He's been set free. Do you want to hear? What do you think? Lock it in there, Hector. Thank you, sir. Self-indulgence. Well, God gave me these feelings for a reason. It feels, it feels good. And, by, and His grace is sufficient. It's, it's good enough. He understands. I can go to Him and, and seek forgiveness. And maybe so. But does that mean it's what's best for you? No, because what happens is we get weighed down. Because sin leads to sin. What are the wages of sin? Death. You're, you're held back by this. And then how about self-effort let's grab that last one Hector the self-effort we don't like talking about it that one sounds very good there you go self-effort sounds good because we're actually trying we're trying to do the right thing we're we're trying to do these things but but often in self-effort we it's, it's, it's this cycle I've I've dealt with this I've dealt with this. I remember having a time of with God and I, I was literally apologizing to God because I was going to preach. This was years ago. I was like, God, I'm sorry I haven't spent enough time with you this week and, you know, just please let the message be good. I was just like, and God just quickened my heart. It's like, that's not, that's not how it is. That's not what this is all about. Because if it was all about how, what would be long enough? What would be a long enough time in the Word? 30 minutes, an hour, two hours? What would be a long enough time in prayer? 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes? What would be long enough to earn God's love? There isn't anything. Because when you gave your life to Him, you encountered His blessing. Now you're like, does that mean I shouldn't read the Bible? No, 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 no. We should do those things. As a matter of fact, we can't grow in Christ without doing those things. But we don't do it to earn anything from Him. We do it to know Him, to catch His heart, to grab a hold of who He is. So we're doing it. And there's a hunger that builds in us. And we want to do it every day. And we should do it every day. But it's not so that we can unlock some special thing. It's because we catch His heart. Every other religion has self-effort. How many good works outweigh your bad works? What's the saying? Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but dead people alive. 
So we're walking around all bound up. And here's what's, here's what's tough, is that we did not defeat sin. You didn't defeat sin. So you really don't have the way to get out of it. You may think you do. You may think I'll stop doing this and I'll stop doing that. And those are good. I'm glad you're going to stop doing those things. But you're not the one that defeated sin. You're not the one that defeated death, hell, and the grave. It was Jesus. It was Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid the price. So the vicious cycle of trying to be set free from self, it just, it just goes deeper and deeper. Because it's not in that that we're free. It's by His Spirit that we are free. It's he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So today we need to double check what we're being yoked to, what we're allowing to chain us down, what we're allowing to hold us. You're like, my sin seems too big, Pastor Scotty. I've struggled over and over and over again, and I can't get free. When's the last time you connected with the Spirit of God in your living room because you've made it a place of worship? where you've drawn into his presence. You're like, I, I, everything seems heavy and I, I don't know what to do. When's the last time you've, you've said, I'm committing to church, I'm going every time the doors are open. You're like, what, do I have to do that to be a Christian? No, I'm saying, do you want to walk in freedom and walk with the Spirit of God? It is an avenue of connecting with God's presence. You're encouraged, you're lifted up. You're like, well, what? I, I, how often are you self-indulging, jumping into the things that are just for you and what you want to do? I would say, when is the last time you served? We don't have any sign-ups today. We don't have anything like that. But when is the last time you served? What did Paul say we're set free for? To serve. To serve one another in love. I would say that when you serve, you are connecting with the Spirit of God. What did Jesus come to do? Seek and save those who are lost. He come not to be served, but to serve. You say, I'm trying these things, but it's difficult. Then I would ask you the question, would you be willing to be discipled by someone? It's the model that Jesus gave us. Would you be discipled by someone? Allow them to speak into your life so they can speak to the things and the issues that you're facing. Discipleship helps you connect back to God. They help see some of those blind spots. A godly man or woman that you would say, hey, let's get coffee. Let's meet on a regular basis. And these things will help because they help us connect to the spirit and not to self. Because it's not in self-effort that we walk in freedom. But it's yoking ourselves to the Spirit of God. Paul said that we are to walk with the Spirit. And we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you look at that word, it literally means to follow in or to walk side by side. Now, Hector has to be the sinner. But I get to be the Holy Spirit. And what is awesome about our, our relationship with God it's a yoke that we're free to come in and out of. He's given us a free will. So it is in some of our choices. But instead of our choices be, how do I break out of sin? Our choices should be, how do I walk with the Spirit? How do any way that I can yoke myself to God, to Jesus, I want to do that because then I catch His heart. I, where He goes, I go. What he does, I'm going to do. 
What's important to him will be important to me. I'm going to catch his presence. I'm going to know the heart of the Father. I'm going to walk in what he walks. I'm going to allow him to move in my life in a way that he wants to move. Sir, I'm here to serve you. I want to walk in your steps. I want to know your heart. What moves you? I want it to move me. If it matters to you, I want it to matter to me. I don't want to get away from your presence. As a matter of fact, I want to be so close that if you turn around, I'm bumping into you. That's being yoked to the Spirit of God. And just as Paul said that if you walk with the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Also, he lets us know as we walk with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is born in our life. And the fruit of the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. Right? It's contrary to the things of self. So you can try to get all these things off or you can walk with the Spirit, the one that has the keys to the things in our life. As you grow as a Christian, as you walk with the Spirit, you walk hand in hand and you, and you walk side by side and you walk for a while and the Spirit's like, Hector, you know, you're, you're past that, that self-effort thing. You're, you're catching my heart. So let me just, I hope I can do this, Hector. I hope these are the right keys. And then just drop it. I'm telling you, if you've been a Christian for any time and you've walked with the Spirit, you can attest to these things that you are walking and things that have gripped your life. When you take your focus off of those things and you put your focus on walking with Jesus, you'll look up and the things that you couldn't get rid of, the Holy Spirit miraculously took care of them. And then you walk a little further. Like, Hector, you don't need that. That's, that's weighing you down. This is, this is all the self-indulgence. You don't, even, you don't need to sin. You don't, that sin's going to fall less and less and less. And you walk a while longer and you've come to this place where you're like, you've noticed you're not just reading the Bible just to get through it or knowledge sake. You're not just praying. You're like taking your time and just entering into the presence of God and you're seeing who He is. And as you do that, you see it's not in self-efforts and knowing Him. that just simply comes and unlocks it and the chains fall off. Come on. Thank you, Hector. You're like, it can't be that easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's not your work to do. It's the spirit of the living God. Would you yoke yourself to the freedom of Christ? You're like, how do I do that? I've told you, I'm telling you, the greatest thing you can do, you should pray, you should read your Bible, you should be in church and all these things. But literally the messages that Pastor David's been preaching, find yourself someone that can disciple you. Find yourself someone you can connect with because they're going to help you and instruct you and give you direction. And then you find yourself continually connecting to the Spirit of God. That is the yoke of freedom. It's being yoked to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this morning. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.